So mental illness, from my experience, I experienced psychosis, I experienced depression, major depression, but depression, we have different um, depression, depressions in different levels. The major depression is the, the, the height of it. I've got anxiety and I have bipolar. All of these mental illnesses have to do with stress. Mm. Stress is associated to all of this. Yeah. With all of these mental illnesses. So my advice to anyone, anyone, even anyone who's not experiencing any mental illness now before you ever even get into mental illness. Yeah. Identify those things that don't make you happy. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Anya Fombad, and I spark the heart conversations that challenge questionable cultural and societal norms that threaten the well-being of the African community. And I also share stories about growing up as Africans in Africa and in the diaspora. I strongly believe that normalizing open discussions and sharing experiences, whether good or bad, will not only make you find your voice, but will broaden your sense of purpose and empower others to do the same. So if you have ever tried challenging certain African cultural and societal doctrines, or if you have ever felt like it is about time that we confronted these issues in our African community and do better as a people, or even if you have always been interested in learning about the experiences of other Africans growing up in Africa and the diaspora, then you are in the right place. Welcome to Living African. In this second part, we will further discuss Pishance's story and the things she did to overcome her very tough experience with mental health issues. If you or someone you know may be going through a mental health crisis, struggling emotionally, or has concerns about their mental health, please call your local mental health crisis hotline, if available, or visit our website at www.livingafricanpodcast.com for helpful resources. I hope this topic empowers someone out there who is going through a similar situation. This is me visiting my friend, came back and found myself in hospital. Hmm. Now, this is familiar again. You want to think, oh, you've been here. It was another mental institution, but you're thinking, oh, you, this place looks familiar. But still, you have the same experience you experienced the, the, the other time. Yeah. I got out again. Just feel this. No. If I want to say officially mental health from November. Right. So the first thing you went in November, the second time you went in November, and I left all in few two days to Christmas. And so the whole of 2019, again, I was majorly depressed. Wow. Majorly depressed the whole of 2019. But when I went into this mental institution, this time I told the doctor, I am not taking the medication. I that. That was the only conscious thing I did in that hospital. I did not think that I could really remember it made sense I was in medication. Right. When I realized that was in the mental institution again, I told them I am not taking a lot. I think it's a last of Yes. I said mm-hmm. I'm not taking this medication. It made me, it wasn't good for me. It made me put on, because just the thought of that week, again, 
And so the doctors were like, okay, they'll give me a substitute for that. And they gave me a substitute for that. Yeah. When I left hospital, and this is me, I have walked my body. I have another picture I will put out maybe this week. Mm-hmm. I have left from that size 8 to that size 16, from that size 16 back to size 8. And then I'm back in the mental institution. Wow. When I left, I have gained another weight, not size 16 this time around, but size 14. Wow. And I am majorly depressed again, and then I'm thinking, what am I going to do again? Like I said, you lose every interest in everything. That was the state, uh, state of mind I was in at the time. And then I started asking myself questions. Do you want to stay like you cannot help yourself out of it at the time you can't. And I started making conscious decisions again. It's hard. I don't I, I wish I could describe how hard it is when you're depressed. Yeah. So every day I had carers, I had a psychologist who used to come to me. I had a carer who I had a carer for three years. Hmm. I was just discharged last year. Mm-hmm. Who always came around to check on me and ask me because they're making sure you're not suicidal. You don't have suicidal thoughts. Are you thinking like taking your life and things like that? Yeah, which was very helpful. But because when you're depressed, you feel like no one understands you. You don't even want to tell people your real feelings mm-hmm. because you feel like what's the point? No one really understands how I feel. So why am I telling them? I would tell you I'm fine, but I'm not fine. Just because I want to get you distracted yes. and not be bored out with me because I feel like I'm a burden to you. Especially if I tell you and then you respond in a way that I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. So I started doing like voluntary charity work because at the time I'm out of work. Mm-hmm. I'm at home. I don't even know what I want to do with my life. I feel frustrated and I started volunteering at a charity work in my in my community. So every day when I drop the kids off, I would go there and meeting people and talking to people helped me a lot. Because when I was locked up in the house, I just sleeping, feeling frustrated and miserable. But now I forced myself. I'm using the word force because that's what I actually did. Forced yeah. myself out of the house. Went to this charity for two to three hours, helped them stuff the books and things like that, and then come back home. Back into my depression, but I was looking forward to something the next day. And I did that for a while. I started interacting with people. And I started gradually getting out of the house. I was going for parties, but I was depressed, but I went. And I just sat there. And after a while, I realized that I was gaining back myself and my body. But that weight was there. Like I said, I'm very conscious how I look. Yeah. Now, it's for my health, for my mental well-being first. But then, as I said, it was my body first. So I had to do again my fat um, weight loss half. Yeah. So So water fasting. Yes. And then I started exercising daily. And that's me here now today. And then the thing that made me, I've always wished to to share my story, but I have not, I was not ready at the time. In 2019, while I was going through major depression, Mm -hmm. I lost my childhood best friend. Mm. She experienced psychosis. Wow. She experienced depression. She experienced bipolar. Mm. In Cameroon, people said she was mad. Oh. 
I remember someone coming to me to say she had AIDS. Wow. So pissed off to the point where this is me going through what my friend is going through. And someone is telling me that she's lost weight. She's HIV positive. Right. And then we were having conversations. I am going through my own depression, but I've been there before. Mm -hmm. I'm almost through recovery and I'm trying to plead with her, telling her what to do. Like, I was kind of a therapist to her mm-hmm. because I was the only, she would keep telling me that only you feel understand me. I was the only one who could understand her right. at this point in time. Because I knew what she was going through. I was even telling her the same medication. I was trying to compare my medication with her. If so, we were sharing the same experience. experiences. Yeah. We could understand one another. But I understood her more because I told her exactly how she was feeling. And then in December of 2019, she died. Wow. And she died at this time. She died of anemia. Oh. And that's what the public knew. She died of anemia. Hmm. Anemia definitely you're not eating. Yeah. No one ever questioned. Why was she not eating in the first place? And then I, then I have been out of Facebook for a year. So I couldn't even bond my friend on Facebook because people were like, oh, she's not been here for a year. So even if I come back, because I was depressed. Mm. Not, I had not been on Facebook for more than a year. The only I remember that day I just went like God. When I went, someone came and contacted me and she asked me, Have you heard this person is dead? It's like, hold on, what? And that's the only that that that's the only name I know. I'm like, you're joking. We had a conversation on the 8th of March of 2019, and she's telling me she's looking forward to New Year, blah 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 blah. I wake up on the text and she's gone. My word was Yes. Because of the taboos, she couldn't tell people, and even I guess if she told people, no one understood her. That day, I said to myself, once I get out of this depression, that was last year, 2000, we were in lockdown. Yeah. And I always knew me was a mental health When I said to myself, by me, I will be all right. And I'm telling the world about mental health. They need to know that people suffer because my friend died because she. She was people She was isolated. Yes. Every, every, every time I remember, it hurts me so bad that if I had, if I, if I was well and I had spoken before now, someone I would have told someone, "This is what my friend is going through." Yeah. Please help her. Can you guys be around her? Can you be supportive? Can you? Can the community help her? Yeah. But unfortunately, I was not ready at the time, and I said the only thing I can do. To remember her is to create an awareness. Create an awareness in our community because of the ignorance, the stigma, the taboo. When she was psychotic, it was attributed to witchcraft. When she went pale, it was attributed to AIDS. Yeah. And that was that, that was the first reason why I said I was going to share this story. I have a daughter that I want to raise now. I come from a very dysfunctional family in Africa. Yeah. Most of the reason, most of the causes for mental illness in our community has to do with trauma. Very true. Has to do with trauma. I don't want to raise my daughter in the dysfunctionality that I grew up in. Exactly. I want to empower my little girl. 
I want her to come out different. Yes. So what's the legacy I'm leaving for my daughter? What do I want her or how do I want the world to see my daughter? Like me, like my childhood? No. So I had to do something. And the only way I could do it was to share my story with the world. Hmm. Like I really don't care. Don't care in the sense that at the end of the day, we will all die. Yeah. Why should I keep a story that can impact someone's life? I know a lot of people who are going through mental illness where they cannot speak. They're silent. Right. Because they're afraid to talk. Because our community have made it a topic of of for disgrace. You cannot talk about it. And so those were the reasons. And then the fact that my some of my family members don't even realize that my trauma are the causes of my mental illness because it pushed me. Yeah. I keep telling them it's not medication. Don't get me wrong. Medication is good. Yeah. It's complementary. It's complementary to the main work that you have to do. Yeah, you're curing, you're curing, you're curing, you're curing um, 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 the symptoms, but there's a cause. Mm. And the cause are my traumas. Yes. That's very true. Yeah, the medication cannot take away the trauma. Medication, I need that support. And all I hear is forget about your trauma and move on. Hmm. How does, how do you expect a child to forget that her dad was not in her life just like that? You've not told me the circumstances that even happened around that. Right. You haven't. How do you expect me to forget the rape that you don't even know about? Hmm. That is traumatizing. That's been traumatizing me for years. How do you expect me to forget the the, the, the psychological abuse and the physical abuse, all of that? How do you expect me to forget? But I had to do it for myself. Right. I had to research a lot. And I realized that the things that people or the things that my family members did to me was not out of hatred. But that was what they knew and the best love they could give me. Right. Right. We had to do with the patterns and pathologies that don't happen only in my family, but in Africa as a whole. True. Most of the problems we have in our marriages, most of the problems we had in our families have to do with the circumstances surrounding our childhood. Right. And so when I came to that self-realization, I was like, okay, if this person did this to me, because their mother, their father, their whosoever did this to them. Right. Or maybe they even... That's the only love they knew. Yeah. That's what was given to me. Right. Not because they hate me, but because that is the best thing they could give me at the time. Right. And when I I got to that self-realization after doing my research, I was like, okay, I am in a new era. I am in a different world. This is 2021. Yeah. What, what's the difference I want to make? Share your story, bring the, the positive out of it, and shed light on the things that are not good, the things that parents do to kids that would damage their, damage them psychologically. Right. And eventually, you carry those things into marriage. Yes, and also to your own kids your own kids and you continue the cycle why is this happening to me 
That is why I had to buy the old press book that I'm reading. What she says, it's what happened to me and not why it happened. It happened to me. And it makes a lot of sense because we are asking why instead of what happened to me. Right. That's so I realized true. that it's has to do with the patterns and the pathology in my family, not that my family members hate me. Yes. The problem is they are of another generation. They don't get it. Mm-hmm. Because in African community or in Africa, all we know is for the sake of the family, do not say this. I've yes. with a lot of people that they this story of mine got on the internet. A lot of, there are many family members that have had They've all left me on my own. Like, why do you have to share your story out there? Why do you have to make it? I said, good. This is English you're speaking. My story. Right, right. Me, I bear the consequences. I know why I'm sharing my story. It helps me to heal. Yes. Why I heal other people. Yes. I get the answers I want to get. Let me put this story out there so that I know I'm not the only one going through. And someone equally knows. They are not the only one going through. Right. And someone who's not even going through the challenges that I've been through in life will definitely see a reason why they can leave. Right. People commit suicide every day in our community. Yes, yes. And they're still being judged for that, you know. That is another reason why I had You go on Facebook and you see someone committed suicide. Yeah. I'm telling you, the comments were killing me. Yes. Yes. I mean, if you listen to the first episode on the mental health, which is the anxiety, depression, I actually read out the story of this woman who was in a relationship with this man and she killed herself because she caught the man sleeping with another woman. Allegedly, it seems like they have had a couple of issues in the past. And I I was reading out a few comments, man. They were so disgraceful from our community. People were literally blaming this woman. I mean, you just go listen to it, man. Like it's, 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 it was unbelievable that people still think about that in this time and age. And I mean, I just, I can't even thank you enough for everything that you have just said, because you have spoken so many truths. You have obviously answered so many of my questions that I had. And there are a few things that you highlighted, especially about the community, the community and the stigma that surrounds mental health. It's something that I feel like the discussion would not only end here. I know this is the last episode in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, but this discussion definitely will not end here because a lot of people, it's appalling how many people in our African community do not understand what mental health is like they don't understand the dynamics of mental health i know you went through a couple of mental health illnesses but um one of the things that i also wanted to really appreciate you for mentioning was the autistic disorder autistic disorder is also a kind of mental health that a lot of people don't really know about and your story actually i feel like i connect with you on a different level because your story reminds me of my mother's story my mother also grew up with her aunt and uncle and she thought they were her parents until they were not and she also had some struggles in school not because she wasn't smart she was extremely smart i mean my mom right now is a medical doctor who has had positions that no woman in africa has had basically that's i'll leave it at that but 
she went through a very, very harsh childhood that also affected her ability to focus in school. And also I have a brother who has autistic disorder, but he has more of a seizure disorder. So that has rendered him paraplegic. And he had a seizure at a very young age when he was younger. He was born normal and he had that seizure, which basically changed the dynamics of his life. I will be talking about that in a totally different episode where we will really go in to look at how our African communities judge or the stigma surrounding families that have handicapped kids in the family because we went through a very horrific and horrendous time in the community with people throwing out judgments and all of that. So the reason why I really appreciate you for going as deep as you went into your story and giving symptoms of the different mental health issues that you had, especially with depression, which is a silent killer. A lot of us in our communities don't really take, we we take depression for granted because, oh, you're just feeling down, you're going to be okay. But depression can literally lead someone to taking their lives. Like the days when you felt like you just did not want to wake up, that's how people feel sometimes. And they're like, it's better if I don't wake up than if I wake up and then they literally kill themselves. So, you know, thank you so much for giving all these examples and really going deep into it. And uh, I just wanted us to talk more again about that stigma and how that impacted you personally, the stigma you got in the community, especially, I mean, even from your childhood and especially as an adult, especially when you started having these mental health issues as a result from all the trauma and the judgments that you experienced in your childhood. I would only imagine it was not only hard to talk to somebody because you were afraid of being judged, but it was also hard on your family. And also, even when you try to talk to a few people, they must have maybe been dismissive of what you had to say and probably shut you out. And these are most likely from like the close family members and friends than even strangers. I mean, sometimes strangers will even listen to you compared to like the people that you think care the most for you, just because they've always known you to be somebody else and they just cannot reconcile with the fact that something else might be happening to you, which could change who you are. You know, they stick to their memory of who they know you to be, but they cannot reconcile with what's happening to you at the moment to the point that it makes them feel dismissive or disregard your issues and what you're going through. So I just wanted you to highlight the reactions that you had from the people around you who I know you've already spoken about a few, but if you have more to talk about so that we can enlighten our communities to be very sensitive about these symptoms and about these reactions that are typically normal, but not right. Okay. First of all, I have to go back to when I was in an elementary institution. Okay. I want the community to understand that mental institutions is just like walking into a hospital. Mm. But if you hear someone is in a mental institution, it shouldn't it shouldn't be like a dead warrant, or it shouldn't be like someone that stigma shouldn't be there. Like you see, oh, they are crazy. Mm. Yes, they might act out of order. Yeah, but trust me, I needed to see those familiar faces yes. walking through the door. Yes, because from the white people, I saw that. Hmm. people in there whose relatives walked in every Every day yes my immediate family came don't get me wrong they did Mm -hmm. but i wanted to see friends Mm. i wanted to see familiar faces yes in and out yes that would have helped my mental health in there to know okay 
I have the community behind me. Mm. Support. I was there, feeling trapped in my head, feeling trapped in that building. My friends visited me sometimes, but not as much as I would have loved them to. I have a very, I have friends, when I was there the first time, they expressed that they couldn't come there, not because they didn't want to, but they felt that seeing me in that state would hurt them. Right. Yeah, so it was about it was about them and not even you. But they didn't want to see me in that state because they'll they'll feel very bad. Yeah. That made me feel like okay, this is me. I need support. Support, yeah, and company. Exactly. So the community have to know that if you're that that the people who are in the mental institution, so long as you can visit visit them as much as possible. Yeah. They need we they need to talk. Like I just needed someone to talk and listen to them. Yes. Because this is how a psychotic mind works. You are looking at someone who is psychotic that they are mad. They are looking at you that you are mad. So mm. you don't make sense to each other. Right. So just listen to whatever a psychotic person is saying. Whatever if they make sense or don't make sense, just listen. That's what they want from you. Right. Make them believe that you understand what they're saying. Mm. Another thing that I got from my community was definitely the body shaming. Mm. At the time I gained weight. Mm. I am fighting with depression and then I have to fight with body shaming. How do fat? So sorry, I'm speaking bitchy. Yeah. Why have you gained so much weight? What happened to you? Hmm. And now they don't even know I've been in a mental institution and back. They don't even know I'm going through depression. But the question is, even if you know or you don't know, do you have to body shame someone? Right. So the, and even people who knew I was depressed asked me questions like, have you looked at yourself in the mirror lately? Do you know you've put on so much weight? Can you not do something about that? That killed me. Right. And that was one challenge I put to myself. I think I put that, 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 that post out there the other day. I said to myself, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, but I'll get out of this. Right. And gradually, I was when I even look at those two pictures, honestly, how I did it, I still cannot imagine. Another thing that the community have to understand is people with mental illness are not attention seekers as they think. Right. They are not dramatic as they think. They're just finding a way to make you understand because first of all the illness have been stigmatized. So they, they, they come across in the in the in the in the most dramatic way as you see me, but that's how they feel because why they do that is because they feel you are not understanding them. And right. so they need to stress how they feel. Right. So it's in their head, it's in their mind, you can never see it. And right. so the taboo topic in our in our community. Right. So the community have to maybe do more research on how to treat people with mental illness. Right. Do a little bit more research because everyone suffers from mental illness. As yeah. you can see, the president's daughter just posted on social media the other day about her mental illness. So right. no one is exempted from from, from mental illness. Right. Anyone. Anyone right. so far from mental illness. 
True. I thought before that major illness was just for the poor people. Mm. I had that thought. Mm-hmm. I had that uh, belief. But when I saw her post the other day, I was like, okay. Yeah. Nothing justifies someone not having mental illness, right? So just because they're wealthy or just because they seem to have a good life does not justify why they should not have mental illness. You know, it's, it's, it's inevitable depending on what you let in. That's why it's mental. It's not physical. So you can't really see it. And I mean, I believe it all comes down to being very sensitive with each other. If we are sensitive to each other's needs and if we're sensitive to each other's uh, circumstances, we will know better how to react to those circumstances and to those needs. And I know, you know, there's some people who genuinely care, you know, about, their kinfolk or about their friends and families. But then we also have this uh, contradictory stigma in the African community that when you ask someone about something, you're trying to be nosy and get into their lives to, to, to get some stuff and go talk. So I, I believe that's why some people are a bit reserved about not asking questions. But it's you, many people come to realize, and sometimes it's too late, that it was better to ask than not because some people realize that and they say, you know, I should have, could have, would have, I should have asked, you know, earlier, or maybe I should have asked, you know, when I felt like something was wrong, when the person is maybe already dead or something and they start blaming themselves. So I just want to say that as long as your intentions are good and as long as you show that you care about someone you should ask if they're okay. The worst, worst case scenario that can happen is that the person says, no, I don't want to talk about it. You know, but at least you know that you asked and you reached out. And even if the person doesn't want to talk about it, it helps a lot for that person to know that somebody cares, you know. So it's all about the motive. It's all about the intention and what's in your heart. So this is just to encourage us to ask each other and be more sensitive to each other's needs and circumstances. Now, I wanted to ask you one last question what advice will you give to people i mean after having heard your story and all the different dynamics and twists and turns in your story as related to mental health what advice will you give to people who are going through similar situations or at least one of the mental health issues that you have um, explained to be honest um psychosis um major depression Bipolar and anxiety. Most of all these mental illnesses have to do with stress. All right. So mental illness, from my experience, I experienced psychosis, I experienced depression, major depression, but depression, we have different um depression depressions in different levels. The major depression is the, the, the height of it. I've got anxiety and I have bipolar. All of these mental illnesses have to do with stress. Stress is associated to all of this. Yeah. Associated with all of these mental illnesses. So my advice to anyone, anyone, even anyone who's not experiencing any mental illness now before you ever even get into mental illness. Yeah. Identify those things that don't make you happy. Hmm. That's true. Identify those things that don't serve you. Hmm. Because I realized that I was crying over the things that I could not change. I was crying over the things that I couldn't get answers to. 
Mm. I myself awake. I was telling a friend the other day, I am, I, I am awake with issues Why those issues are screaming. Whoa, that's powerful. People, yeah, I'm awake with, with people's issues in my head Why those people are sleeping. Mm. Oh my, anything that will keep me awake. No, yeah. I'm not. So those things that don't serve you, because before I took my story out there, I had to do a lot of inner I'm still working on myself mm-hmm. because there were a lot of things that a lot of people I had to cut off. A lot of things I had to cut off. Toxic relationships, like just so many things that I had to put into consideration. Right. Which has to do with my mental health. I've been into a mental institution twice. Which and what are the things that are not serving me? Why did I go into a mental institution in the first place? Mm. Why did I go there again the second time? Right. Why do I get Science, because I know the reason why I didn't even go into another episode during this lockdown is because now I identify those signs and symptoms. I know when I'm feeling down, I just leave everything and then I rest. Yeah, I'm like, there's another day for this. I go off social media, even if it means I go off for four weeks, right? Because that's a trigger. So I just turn off every notification, everything, and then I just go silent and then I regain myself. So if anyone who is feeling stressed, because I've had people since I put my story out there, they've come to me and everything I get from everybody has to do with stress. Right. Has to do with the things that the thing the, the thing the things the things that don't serve them. The issues that don't serve them. Right. So if you're going through a mental illness at this point in time, my advice to you is that you have heard my story. I've been there and right. I understand exactly what you're going through. Mm. I know I always tell people, don't say you understand what someone is going through because you've not been in their shoes. So right. I can only imagine. But in my case, I'll tell you that I truly understand. And the reason why I had to put my story out there is for people like yourself. Right. Those people who have mental illness. Those people who don't, who cannot use their voice at this point in time, who are going through mental illness and are ashamed to even tell people that they are going through it. Yeah. They feel they will not be heard. Yeah. They feel they will not be heard. Right. I'm just letting them know that whenever they feel like they need someone to talk to that would understand them from a place of experience, I am always here to talk to anyone and that they shouldn't give up or lose hope. Right. Because it's light at the end of the tunnel. Right, it's a very difficult process or a difficult journey that they are in, but they'll definitely get out, get out of it. Right. You don't need to, when someone is depressed, you can't tell them it's going to be okay. We pray, we thank God, and all of that. Yeah. But I'm just praying for them that they should be hopeful, and if they need someone to talk to, I'm always here to listen. Right. To 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 anyone, and then to the community. Mm. They should be. They should be more uh, 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 sensitive. Mm. The choice of words. Yes, that's true. And they can doubt anyone when they tell them they are suffering mentally. Like someone says, "I'm depressed." Believe them. Right. Right. I go through anxiety. I mm. am. I am advocating, but to be honest with you, I still suffer from anxiety. Mm-hmm. I have episodes of anxiety. I know the triggers. I know how to get out of it. I would feel the feelings when it comes, 
But in the past, I would get myself deep into it. Mm. But now when I get that feeling, everyone, everyone suffers from anxiety. Right. On a day-to-day basis. But it becomes severe, like my case. Mm-hmm. I don't like suspense. Mm. Don't tell me you have something to tell me and then you, I become anxious. I'm afraid. I start sweating. I'm panicking. My heart is really beating fast. Mm. Until, and then I start shaking. So I hate suspense. So if you know of anyone who is going through anxiety, they might not like suspense. Right. And if I know something is coming forward, I become anxious. So equally, someone who is going through some of these mental illnesses, know your trigger. Right. Know the things that trigger you. Know how to go around those things. Don't even like those situations. There are some that you cannot avoid, like I said, suspense. Someone could just suspend me, tell me, you need to prepare me. I always tell my friends, I don't like surprises. Prepare me. Right. And don't suspend. Don't tell me. Tell me when you want to tell me. Don't tell me that you don't tell me. It tri- that's a trigger for me. Yeah. You know, I didn't know. But now I realize that every time someone tells me something, I start feeling anxious. Now right. I know that's a trigger. And right. Waiting to get something or waiting for, 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 for an event to take place in the future is a trigger for me, especially when I don't know what's coming. It's a trigger. Mm. So I know all of that, and then I tell everyone around me to know what I don't want, what I want. And because people have seen me experience that, they believe me now every time I tell them. So if you speak out more, I think more people will believe whatever you're telling them. Right, right. Thank you so much for that. There's one thing that I want to highlight, which you said, which is something very common that we always see in the African community. And it's rather dismissive, but we are not aware how dismissive that is. And I had to learn the hard way because I'm a pharmacist and I had to learn the hard way when communicating with my patients. So when patients talk to me about their illnesses or their financial issues and stuff like that, my first response is, I understand. No, I don't understand. You know, I have patients that tell me, no, you don't understand. You know, and I, that's that's a rather common and dismissive response that we have. And that we have that, like, it's a reflex. It's not even intentional. We're not trying to be dismissive or anything. But if we can not respond to people especially if we don't know what they're going through like if someone talks to you don't say you understand if you really don't understand and when i mean understand it's not necessarily understanding what they're saying but understanding that experience, yeah, experience. so yeah so if, if you're not don't say yeah don't understand. say <laughs> going through it Yes. So you rather say, I can imagine, I can only imagine, or I'm sorry to hear that there's a thousand and one other responses. Yes. So do not say, I understand because it's rather dismissive, which I believe that that's not your goal. That's not your point when you're trying to respond. Yes. Or your intention. So thank you very much for saying all of that. So um, how can the audience reach you? How can people reach you if they want to partner with you or if they want to just share their stories or get any resources? Yeah, honestly, um, it's going to be very, very, very a good thing if people can share their stories because I know I've, I've had um, some people contact me that they, they have similar experiences as mine, but they have not had the courage to use their voice. Right. Anyone can send me their stories and I'll share. Definitely not disclosing their identity because not everyone will want their stories, but if we can, as a community, to get those stories to share out there, just to share more light the things or some of the causes or so our community can actually understand the things that lead to 
people becoming mentally ill in the first place. That right. Be a good thing. I've got a Facebook page. I've got this new um, foundation that I just started the same day I started this um, awareness program, which is the Free Minds Foundation on Facebook mm. and equally on Instagram. Or my um, page on Facebook, which is uh, my personal page, which is Patience Abonga, and equally the same on, on, on Instagram. Mm. I am open to anyone. Like, this is okay. why I'm doing this, to reach out to people who cannot use their Right. Thank you so much for that. And I hope that we can partner as well again in the future. And I mean, like you said, a lot of people reached out to you and they basically haven't found their voice to share their story. And I have mentioned this is a platform where we spark these conversations. We give a voice to the voiceless. So if you also want to reach out to me and if you want to share your story on this platform, you can always reach out to us at livingafricanpodcast.com. That's www.livingafricanpodcast.com. Or you can reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram at Living African Podcast as well. Or you can reach out directly to me at Anya Fombat on Facebook, Instagram. That's basically my ID or my handle. So thank you so much, Patience. This was such a wonderful discussion. And I hope that the audience is as inspired about you know, hearing this conversation as I am. You, I have learned a lot from you. I have seen and discovered that we have more in common than our differences. And I really hope that this conversation goes a long way and it doesn't only end here. We definitely will be having more conversations on mental health as the days or weeks or years go by on this platform because it's something that's very close to my heart and very important for our communities to be sensitized on such important issues. So um, I hope that this conversation goes and extends to our circles and it sparks meaningful discussions that will encourage us to help each other and to be more sensitive and tolerant to one another. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode and I'll catch you on the next one. Bye. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to our show. If you want to participate in the show or find out more helpful resources, then visit www.livingafricanpodcast.com for more information or email us at hello at livingafricanpodcast.com. Also, don't forget to connect with us on all social media platforms at Living African Podcast. You can also connect with Anyo directly on Facebook or Instagram at Anyo Fombard. Thanks again for listening and let's not forget to be more understanding and nicer to one another.